Hello everyone, welcome to the Roots and Bloom podcast, the podcast encouraging self-reflection as a tool for growth and flourishing. I'm your host, Sarah Lisak, and thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. The theme of this week's episode is taken from an extraordinary conversation between the poet Nikki Giovanni and writer James Baldwin. Thanks to the then television programme Soul, we have a recording of a wonderfully rich and freewheeling conversation between two of America's most formidable and insightful writers. Each represents a different generation. Nikki Giovanni was 28 and James Baldwin was 46 when the conversation was held in 1971. Across these differences in generation and gender, they discuss a wide range of topics, including the problems facing black and white Americans, the relationship between black men and black women, the responsibility of artists, and what it means to be an empowered human being. There is so much to take from their discussion that is still incredibly relevant 50 years later, But in the interest of keeping this podcast to a moderate amount of time, I'll be focusing on one particular part of the interview. Around an hour and 10 minutes in, Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin discuss what it takes to maintain a romantic relationship within the black community, particularly as a married couple or a couple with children. Relationships that due to structural inequalities existed in the context of racism and its reverberating trauma. In order to maintain the relationship and family unit, Nikki Giovanni says the black man must lie to the black woman. Baldwin replies saying, if I love you, I can't lie to you. To which Nikki responds with an initially counterintuitive but deeply insightful response. Why are you going to be truthful with me when you lie to everybody else? She says. And you see how taken aback James Baldwin is by this. He goes to reply, but stops himself, turning his mouth into a downward smile as if saying, hmm. Nikki says, you lied when you smiled at the white man down the street. Why can't you treat me like him? Because I've caught the frowns and the anger and he's happy with you. Because I love you, I get the least of you. I get the very minimum and I'm saying, fake it with me. Is that too much for the black woman to ask of the black man? James's eyes turn in their sockets as he mulls over what Nikki has just said. He agrees. He sees her point of view, he says, but goes on to challenge her. I can't give a performance all day at the job and come home and give a performance all night in the house. So one of the performances will stop. The price of the rent is my smile. But Nikki says, no, no, it's not. The rent will still get paid. I don't want you prostituting yourself. You are intelligent enough and you are sensitive enough and you are man enough to work out a new system. Honestly, I was blown away when I first heard this. Nikki really said, because I love you, I get the least of you. It makes sense and doesn't make sense at the same time. Intuitively, we think that we give the most to the people we love. Those are the people that we will do anything for and be fully there for. But also, precisely because we know these people love us, we can allow ourselves to slip because their love gives us the grace to not always be our best selves. And we might even assume that once we've gained their love, 
it doesn't need to be worked for in order to be maintained. Now, Nikki Giovanni is speaking to a specific experience, the way in which black men and black women relate to and love each other, and in a specifically African-American context where the history of slavery and Jim Crow had and still has a palpable presence. And I think it's important to keep this specificity in mind to be able to fully get into and appreciate the nuances of her argument. However, if we zoom out slightly, we can broaden Nikki's inquiry and consider the ways in which oppressive forces in general, such as capitalism, sexism, patriarchy, homophobia, and so on, affect how we move through the world and the consequences of these forces on our relationships. The way these pressures show up in our lives may not be explicit or particularly direct. It isn't as simple as saying, I experienced racism or sexism today and that's why I have less patience for you tonight. But it's the systemic and invisible erosion and build-up of stress, a lack of self-esteem, the erasure of personhood and the need to regain it somehow, that can lead to a sense of lovelessness in relationships without us even realising. As Nikki says, it's a father not asking his children how their day at school was, or a husband who doesn't have the energy to smile at his wife. And it goes beyond romantic relationships. It extends to all the meaningful relationships in our lives. Last week, we spoke about the balance between agency and control. And I think Nikki here is also trying to strike a balance, but this time it's between being aware of the harms that impact us and the need for each of us to take responsibility for what we do as a consequence of that harm. As James Baldwin says at another point in their dialogue, we carry ourselves wherever we go. And what we carry, in part our burdens and traumas, may come from any aspect of our experience, from our work or home life, from our childhood, previous friendships or romantic relationships, even from strangers. And when we let this baggage spill over, someone we care about may end up paying for our painful or difficult experience. Nikki Giovanni is asking us, why should the aggression of the outside world be brought to the intimate and safe space of a loving relationship? Why does the rest of the world get the best of the people we love? Why do we give our best selves to other people? It's a really nuanced point. I don't think Nikki Giovanni is at all suggesting that we should hide our messy and vulnerable selves with the people we love and trust. But she is bringing attention to how we show up in our relationships and how we hold ourselves accountable and responsible for the quality of those relationships. I think she's saying that even as we reckon with whatever we're going through, we need to be mindful about the emotional needs and well-being of the other person. It's not about minimising our anger, frustration or hurt, but about communicating it in a way that doesn't take it out on the other person. This, she's saying, is part of the necessary and ongoing work of maintaining healthy relationships and working towards a greater good. I think it's also important to note how Nikki Giovanni shifts from speaking about lying to faking it. Lying feels immoral. And like James Baldwin says, certainly not something we do to the people we love. Lying can even be a moral sin. It can cover up all kinds of deceits that will lead a relationship to ruin. But the kind of faking it Nikki is talking about echoes the idea of faking it till you make it. She recognises that we are imperfect 
and that it's unreasonable to expect that we can immediately or easily deal with our emotional burdens. And so she suggests that pretense is a constructive way to balance our desire to love others better while we learn to heal our own wounds. This is a protection against lovelessness. I'm sure we can all think of a time when we snapped, spoke out of turn, said something we didn't mean. And even if what we said or how we said it was our truth in the moment and one that we can move on from, the hurt we've inflicted will remain with the person. Like Maya Angelou says, people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Nikki is asking us to do something really challenging, to put aside our ego and to centre our relationships, to have enough humility to not take our loved ones for granted and to remember that no matter how much they care about us, that they too deserve a certain level of treatment from us. She's also asking us to maintain a softness and kindness and to disallow dominating and oppressive forces to enter into our most sacred spaces. It's hard work. But wouldn't it be such a shame for the colleagues, the strangers, and the people who will never have as large a stake in our lives to get the best of us than the very people who will always be by our side? And now for a new poem called The Best of You for this week's Words for the Week. The best of you is the best of me, the worst of you, my worst. We knew before the body that our connection came first. We are the same, both you and me, and let us not forget that I am you and you are me. This is our great duet. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, it would mean so much if you could give it a rating or a review. I look forward to being with you next week and I wish you a lovely week ahead.